Yay Networks. Hello and welcome to the Evil Lawyer's Guide to Life. I am the Evil Lawyer and you are not. And today we're going to talk about people doing life for pot. So stay tuned. You can find us on Facebook at Evil Lawyer's Guide, on the web at www.evillawyersguide.com, and on Twitter at Evil Law Guide. You can also call us at 844-EVIL-LAW. This show is intended for entertainment purposes only. We do not give legal advice on this show. Even if it sounds like we do, we don't. So unless you're itching for a fight, accept it. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people get arrested for weed and, you know, their, their attitude is, well, it was just, it's just weed. You know, I don't, I don't really need a lawyer. I'll get a public defender. As a matter of fact, I've had people in my office many times say, it's going to cost how much? And I'm like, well, you know, you kind of are looking at your livelihood and your life for the next six months to 99 years, depending on the charge. And, They'll sit there in their $5,000 suit with their $125,000 car parked in valet outside of the office and tell me, well, I'm just going to get a public defender. And I tell them, well, you don't qualify for a public defender. And they tell me, well, I'll just say I don't have a job and I don't have, you know, seven figures in assets under my belt. In which case I tell them, have a nice day and, you know, you're going to get what you deserve. One in particular... Uh, 30,000 hits of ecstasy. Anybody remember ecstasy? They call it Molly now. Anyway, 30,000 doses of Molly. Didn't want to hire me because he was trying to buy a new 911 Turbo. Uh, I loved my Porsche 911 Turbo, but I wouldn't have given up 25 years of my life for it, which is exactly what he did. And then the Fed seized the car anyway. He went and got himself a public defender. Now, if there's a public defender listening to this, I'm not saying that all public defenders suck. Actually, I know two really, really good public defenders. They're both semi-retired attorneys with a gazillion years of trial experience behind them, and they do public defender work. However, in the county I live in, the second biggest county in Texas, Dallas County, they don't work in Dallas County because Dallas County doesn't pay enough. So usually in Dallas County and in most counties, when you ask for a public defender because either you can't afford better, and if you can't afford better, then, you know, hey, that's what you're going to get, you know. But if you're just lying about it because you're cheap and you don't want to spend any money, when you get a public defender, you usually get a really long young lawyer who might be good, but might be too inexperienced for it to matter that he's good or she. Or you get an older lawyer who's burned out and doesn't give a damn anymore, and so they're trying to make a little bit of income. Is Working the public defender thing is kind of a side hustle. Either way, it's probably not going to go good for you. Now, I have never been a public defender, yet I opened my practice the day I got my law license. And people are like, well, then you should shut the hell up because you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I had certain advantages, one of them being I worked throughout law school for probably the best defense attorney in Dallas, Texas. So, you know, I learned a lot. You don't really come out of law school knowing how to practice law. And if you get a lawyer, give them a couple of drinks where they're being honest and they'll tell you that. I mean, yeah, you learn a lot. You can't practice law without going to law school, even if it were legal, uh, which it was, you know, like 100 years ago. You you also, 
and law schools have changed this a little bit since I was in law school because it was a long time ago. But uh, especially back when I went in, you know, they didn't really teach you how to be a lawyer. They just gave you all this basis where you could think like a lawyer and then you sort of were on your own. And it was assumed that you would go to work for some big firm with a whole bunch of lawyers who would teach you the rest. And not all of us did that. Uh, like I said, myself, I opened my first practice the uh, the day I got licensed and grew that into a multi-state uh, uh, string of offices. But enough about me. We're going to talk about Life for Pot. And there's actually a website called Life for Pot. You know, if you really get interested in this after you, you hear about it. Um, the reason why this even matters anymore is a pe- I know you're saying to yourself, well, marijuana is practically legal now. It's not. I mean, it may be practically legal in some states. It may be uh, now I think all drugs are legal in uh, Port, uh, Oregon and parts of Wa- in Washington maybe. Uh, they decriminalized everything. But it's not legal advice. Since I don't practice there, I'm just going based on what I remember from hearing on the news. It doesn't really make a whole lot of difference if you're not in one of those states. And it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference if you're in one of those states and the feds decide to crack down again because it's still illegal federally. Where it really comes up, though, is, yeah, in Texas, in a lot of counties in Texas, if you get busted for a couple of joints, they're probably going to either just throw them away and not even run you in and give you a ticket, or they're going to charge you, but if you pass a bunch of drug tests and go through six months of absolute hell having the state breathing down your neck, then it'll get uh, dismissed. It's called divert court. And in fact, divert court, uh, you're even eligible for that with certain uh, more illegal controlled substances, you know, like, like cocaine. Cocaine is a felony no matter what. I mean, if there's one grain in that baggie, it's, it, it's empty. It's still a felony. doesn't matter. People are like, well, uh, you know, having a, a less than a quarter gram isn't a felony. Bullshit. It is a felony in Texas. But where this, where Texas still is giving people life terms is when it comes down to things derived from cannabis that contain any detectable amount of THC. Probably the best way to explain that is if you have a pot brownie and you get busted, you're going to get charged a felony because the brownie was made from marijuana, and you're going to get charged for the entire weight of that brownie, not the weight of the marijuana in it. So what we're what I'm talking about is if there's a detectable amount of THC in a birthday cake that weighs two pounds, you're going to catch the same case as the guy who gets popped for a kilo of Coke, and that's a 25 to 99-year trip. Now you're listening, aren't you? Yes, you can still get life for pot in Texas. And you can still get life for pot in a lot of other states. And when I talk about life for pot, there's some some of the poster boys for life for pot are guys like John Nock. John was in California when he picked up two life sentences plus 20 years as a first-time offender growing weed. Uh, now, yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about a dude who had a joint in his pocket. Admittedly, he was growing weed, but two life sentences, 20 years. 
he petitioned President Obama for clemency, and Obama, who has smoked weed himself, said no. So Mr. Nock is still in prison, and it looks like he's now he's been in prison since the 80s. Uh, based on a, con- a conspiracy case that he had been out of since the 60s. So the last time this guy actually committed a crime under California law was probably the late 60s. But, you know, the feds never forget, and uh, California never, the state never forgets. Uh, they picked the guy up in France in 1999, and gave him two life terms plus 20 years. Now, the, um, there's a, an organization trying to get these guys out of prison who were sentenced under these psychotic drug laws during the giant Reagan-esque war on drugs, but apparently it's not working for Mr. Nock. Michael Pelletier is another one. Dude's in federal prison. Guy's a wheel, He's a wheelchair-bound paraplegic. He's the, uh, he's the paraplegic kingpin. And the prosecutors and the press and everything else that came out when he was arrested claimed he had made himself a billionaire, which is all total bullshit. The guy was using marijuana to help him with the phantom pain of his paraplegia. Started it when he was 14 years old. He's been a paraplegic since he was 11. They gave him life without parole. Okay, life without parole. Once again, went to cl- ask for clemency from Obama, and he said no. What about Ismail Lira? Ismail Lira, another first-time offender, sentenced to life for marijuana. Also <laughs> tried to get clemency from Obama and was told no. He's been incarcerated for over 14 years. And during his incarceration, federal parole was abolished. So he has no release date. Well, I guess they'll let him out after he's dead. What about Pharrell Scott? Life in prison for possession of marijuana. Pharrell went to President Obama. Said, hey, President Obama, we're both black dudes. Can you help me out here? And Obama said, no. <laughs> it's just, it, I'm laughing, but it's it's really sad. I mean, th- th- he's already done 20 years. So he's got, he's got the rest of his life term to go. Corvain Cooper, life in prison without the possibility of parole for marijuana. He's sitting in Angola in Louisiana, which is the American equivalent of the Turkish prison in Midnight Run, if you've ever seen that movie. Angola is, it's, it's rough. I mean, if you want to go to a prison, you don't want to go to that one. But, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was a three-striker. But his two strikes were so minor that the prosecutors actually had to find a loophole to get it to count as a third strike, but they managed to find it, and he uh, he got life. Now, there is some hope for some of these guys, and the hope is called the Last Prisoner Project. Uh, and the Last Prisoner Project just got a 71-year-old Florida inmate out after serving 31 years of a 90-year prison sentence 
now, he was sentenced for trafficking, but his original case was simple possession, but then they ratcheted it up to racketeering, trafficking, and conspiracy. And if you want to know what the feds could do with conspiracy, watch Orange is the New Black. Um, I actually don't watch that because it show sucks, but it is based on the true story of a woman who was charged with a bunch of drug cases and they couldn't get them to stick, but they can always stick the conspiracy. Always. So this guy, uh, Richard DeLisi, was given 90 years in Florida. Um, apparently his uh, public defender in the beginning didn't know how to write a motion to suppress because the whole thing came out of a, a bad stop on where they found a joint and then managed to find more than 100 pounds of weed and charged him with everything under the sun. Uh, and after the guys over at Last Prisoner Project got done with him, he was supposed to be released, and then they changed it to, well, we'll let him out in June 2022, but they finally realized that they'd made a math error, not the not the guys at Last Prisoner, but the court made a math error, and so they let Delisi out. While he was in prison, his wife died, one of his sons died, his daughter died, and believe it or not, this guy is still grateful and stated, prison changed me. I never really knew who God was, and now I know it changed the way I talk to people and treat people. The dude learned to read and write in prison. He was illiterate going in and became a mentor to other inmates who were illiterate and also a, a kind of a, a, a pastor. And that's that's great and everything, but you know this guy's lost 31 years of his life. I mean, he went in when he was 40, 71 years old now. So the old, it's just marijuana, especially if you're in the South, and especially if you're in Texas, it doesn't really matter what you get busted for. If you're looking down the barrel of a felony case or even a higher misdemeanor, uh, a family violence case, um, any of any of the misdemeanors that are treated like felonies, you need good counsel. You don't need the cheapest lawyer you can find. If your toilet explodes and starts spraying shit all over your house, are you going to get the cheapest plumber you can find? If you need a divorce and you have assets and kids and houses and businesses and everything else, well, actually, some of those guys do hire the cheapest lawyer they can find, so maybe I should backtrack that a little bit. If you have a serious issue, you should not be searching scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to find someone who still has an active, valid, hasn't been disbarred yet license, who will take your few hundred dollars and and go to court and then expecting any kind of, of good results because you're not going to get them. And I'm not talking to those two public defenders I mentioned earlier who are really terrific lawyers. As a general rule, you get what you pay for especially when it's free. Get it? You got to look at what is at stake versus what does it cost to fight for and defend what is at stake. If you're looking at a ticket case, you find a ticket lawyer. They don't charge very much. Odds are it's going to work out fine. If you're looking at a really minor misdemeanor, like a class B misdemeanor, which is one step up from a ticket. Now, this is Texas law I'm talking about. So, you know, other states, some states flip it. Like here, a felony three is not nearly as bad as a felony one, but in other states, a felony one is a lot worse than a felony three. So if you're somewhere else and you're listening to this, Google is your friend. You might get away with uh, a public defender on a B. 
misdemeanor. But once you get into an A, I mean, you're looking at time. If you lose, uh, you can ask the guy in Denton County who got two years to do on a first DWI and didn't even have a wreck. Uh, is that extreme? Yeah. Is that rare? Yeah. I've never seen it happen in Dallas County or Collin County. But does it happen? All the time. Um, just depends on where you live. Or you can ask one of these guys who's doing life for marijuana. Or you can ask somebody who recently got charged with having those little vials of uh, THC oil for his vape pen. He's looking at 25 to life. Thank you, Texas. Now, would I trade Texas weed laws to California if I had to take California's gun laws? Oh, hell no. But you have to understand you're subject to the laws in the state in which you get arrested. So if you drive out to California from Texas and you get pulled over and you've got weed, then you're subject to the California weed laws. But if they also find a gun, the California gun laws are going to nail you to a cross. By the same virtue, if you're coming back from Colorado with a whole bunch of edibles, you need to be aware of the fact that those edibles are counted for the entire weight of the edible, not just the weight of the marijuana or THC in them. And furthermore, in Texas, anything that's made out of marijuana that contains more than, I believe it's 0.003% THC, we'll just call it a detectable level of THC, is a felony, and it falls into the same category as cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, and all of the other ooga-booga really scary drugs that people get lots of time for. And the weight is counted, like I said before, as the entire weight of whatever it's in. So that two-pound birthday cake that you thought it'd be funny to put a joint in it, it's the same charge as a kilo of cocaine. And you're looking at 25 to life. Something to remember if you're one of these weed tourists. And something to also know, the police in these states that surround those states where all this is becoming legal now are not dumb. They're just like the cops who wait across the street from the bar. I mean, where's, where's the easiest place to arrest people? Across the street from the bar. Where's the easiest place to arrest people with drugs? Leaving the states which have decriminalized the drugs. I'm not saying you'll necessarily get caught. I'm saying there's a big chance you'll get caught. And when you do, you need to get the best lawyer you can afford. And there's two things there. Best and afford. Just because he's really expensive doesn't mean he's good. I've had a lot of people come to me after spending $25,000, dollars $200,000 on attorneys who weren't worth a shit, but charged a lot and had the confidence to, and the swagger to act like they could charge a lot and get away with it, and people paid them a lot. And I've fixed a lot of cases from those guys, and it's cost a lot of money to fix someone else's bad work. But if you got to put a second mortgage on your house in order to keep yourself out of prison for the rest of your life, you damn well better put a second mortgage on your house. And with that, have an evil day.